Good morning, and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. If you're ever in Uptown Columbus, we invite you to stop by and say hello. We'd love to see you, have you worship with us. We'll make you feel like family. At First Presbyterian, we are family. Learning together, growing together, worshiping together. Our scripture, first scripture lesson is a unison reading from the letter of Paul the Apostle to the Romans. Please stand as you find that insert in your bulletin and we will read in unison. Together, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Please stand for our second lesson. You can find it easily on the cover of your bulletin. In quotations, it comes to us from the Gospel of John in the 15th chapter, the 13th verse. Let us read this piece of God's Word in one voice, in unison. That which is in quotation marks. Together, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. The Word of the Lord. Please be seated. One of the working titles that I chose for this sermon was Your Best Summer Now. Have you thought about what this summer is going to look like for you? What will be involved in it and what maybe some of your hopes and dreams for it may be? Listen to this sermon and you may have your best summer ever. Another working title that I had for this sermon was A Selfless Summer. And if you're going to have your best summer, I believe it must be 
a selfless summer. After consulting with a couple of people on the staff and giving them those two choices and then the choice that you see on the cover of the bulletin, you know which one they chose. Keep calm and save turtles. What does that mean? As I was thinking about this Memorial Day weekend, what it means to us individually and collectively, the scripture passage from the Gospel of John came to heart and to mind. The words from Jesus that we read in the 13th verse of the 15th chapter, greater love has no one than this. And to lay down one's life for one's friends. Selflessness. Reminded me of a sermon that I preached about this time last year that somehow struck a chord with many people in the congregation. And in that sermon, I spoke about witnessing a selfless act, a random act of kindness, something that caught my attention, that shifted my heart in a certain way. I shared it with you, and it must have caught because you continued to talk to me about that sermon illustration and your involvement in it. The illustration that I shared was driving home one afternoon and seeing someone jogging. That caught my eye in and of itself because it's warm this time of year already. And I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more the heat affects me. I used to be able to work all day in the yard regardless of the temperature. I used to be able to play golf in the, in the heat of the summer. No, it didn't phase me a bit. But now I have to be very strategic about when I exercise and try to find the coolest part of the day in the early morning. So I see someone jogging and thought, wow, what a strong individual. I'm not sure I could do that. But as I watched that person run, I saw them do something very strange. They stopped and turned around and backtracked. And I thought, my goodness, I would never do that because I would want not to waste a step getting to my destination from A to B and get this exercise over with as quickly as possible. But not only did they turn and retrace their steps, they looked both ways, and that's an important part of the story, they looked both ways and then went out into the middle of the road to rescue a turtle and to take it to the other side of the road so that it could be on its way. And the point that I made was is that this turtle, by its ignorance, by its willfulness, by being a turtle, found itself in a very deadly situation. Turtles crossing roads are not in a good place, amen? And so I mentioned the fact that a turtle was saved and said that we might see ourselves in this illustration and urged the congregation to maybe save a turtle if they were given the opportunity. And boy, did you.
And I don't know if it was a freak of nature or the, uh, the sense of humor of God, but the mating season in Columbus for turtles exploded because they were on the move everywhere. And I started getting pictures on my phone. I started getting emails. I, I started getting Facebook messages about turtles that were being rescued all over our region. I almost suggested that we have t-shirts printed up. And now I have a design for the t-shirts. I was taken by it. Now I've not asked permission from these individuals but uh, I, I was just so overwhelmed by your response to Save the Turtles that I, I kept uh, a voicemail. Chuck, Scott Peterson, you've got to quit putting these turtles out. I just picked one up off the road coming out of Maple Ridge today. He's safe and on his way. See ya. I, this was not the first one. I didn't save the others, but I got this one and saved it, and then I got another one, so I saved it. Hey, Pastor, it's Tom. Just calling to say hello. Uh, and also wanted to let you know I just saved a turtle from my room. All right. I uh, hope you're doing well, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Saved any turtles lately, Tom? He has. Now, none of you are going to leave me voicemails or voice messages anymore because you're afraid that I'm going to play them during a sermon. But the whole point of this coming back to this turtle business is this selfless business. On a Memorial Day weekend, what better verse from Scripture would we hear than the words of Jesus himself who said, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And we remember 1.3 million men and women in our armed forces who were willing for God and country to pay the ultimate price. And we're grateful. But I don't want us to lose the fact in our memories that there are millions upon millions of followers of Jesus Christ who have been martyred for their love of God and for their gratitude for their Savior. For Jesus Christ not only said to His followers, greater love hath no one than to lay down one's life, He went out and did it very shortly after sharing these words with his disciples. For at this point in John's Gospel, when Jesus utters these words, he is at the very end of his earthly ministry, the end of his earthly life. He has been in the upper room with the disciples. It was there that he stripped himself and wrapped a towel around his waist and washed the feet of his disciples in the manner of a servant, a slave where he broke the bread and said, this is my body broken for you, where he poured the cup and said, this is my blood which is shed for you. It's on this same night that Jesus speaks these words to his disciples and also says to them, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. And Jesus demonstrated that great love 
in offering his sinless life to save us from our sinful predicament. For we are all in a sinful predicament, even at our birth. Our faith teaches us we cannot save ourselves. Yet Jesus Christ, out of his great love and grace, has shown us his great love. And then we are called to live in that same manner of not selfishness, but selflessness. I believe that we are to find ourselves living more and more in the image of Jesus Christ when we get self out of the equation. Your best summer is going to be a selfless summer. When we think about self and the way that it is used, there are hardly many words that speak well of self when we think about self-assurance, self-centered, self-conceit, self-confidence, self-defense, self-destruct, self-determination, self-educated, self-esteem, self-image, self-importance, self-interest, selfish, self-made, self-reliance, self-respect, self-righteous, self-satisfied, self-seeking, self-serving, self-sufficient, self-willed. Believe that the root of all of our sinfulness, the root of the problems that we find in our lives will come back to selfishness and putting ourselves first. Think about our struggle with addictions or adultery or the use of our time and our money. And when it is self-interested, self-motivated, we find ourselves in an awful predicament from which we cannot extricate ourselves save by the help of another. But we are prone to operate in that selfish way. And selfishness closes us down. Selfishness, selfishness robs us of our humanity. I was reminded of this in the devotional book that I am continuing to use by a man named E. Stanley Jones, a most incredible evangelist and, and, and writer. And he says this about the difference between selfishness and selflessness. He says that that selfishness tends to make us overly sensitive. Listen to how he writes. Oversensitivity is not the way. And yet sensitivity in proper measure lies at the base of human progress. The oyster has an advantage, I suppose, in that its skeleton is on the outside, its shell, while its nervous system is on the inside. This protects it from much suffering. On the other hand, we humans have our skeleton on the inside and our nervous system on the outside. That means that we are capable of greater sensitivity, hence greater suffering, but also great development. 
The lowest forms of life are sensitive only to themselves. I believe that when we are living in a selfish way, we are living more like an oyster with a hard exterior, a skeleton on the outside, protecting ourselves on the inside. But that is not how God designed us. For our nervous system resides on the outside, our skeletons on the inside, where we are subjected to hurt, to suffering, to sensitivities, but those things that make us more human, yes, even more into the image of Jesus Christ. And so one of the questions that we may want to ask ourselves, are we living more like oysters or are we living more like humans? Or at least selfless ones who are seeking to follow after the manner of Jesus Christ. So what does it look for us to live more like the manner of Jesus Christ? And, and hear me well that as, I, as, as we speak of these matters of selfishness and selflessness, that I stand before you as a very grateful pastor because I believe that God has blessed me with serving a congregation that is generous, that is caring, that is loving, and that is growing in selflessness. You would not believe how gratified I am and, and, and how how joyful it makes me to hear of the ways that you in unsung manners give yourselves away. So this morning I'm not preaching at you. Please hear me in that. But how is it that we can continue to grow in this grace as God transforms us as His people? Well, I believe it is done in the most simple ways that if we are to attune ourselves and open ourselves to think of others first, to love others first, that we indeed are loving God and then find that we have a greater love as a result. It happens in the most simple ways, I believe, for me, this realization came to light in maybe a, an embarrassing way. I mentioned to you this past Sunday that my family went to Atlanta to celebrate with my sister's daughter, my niece, who was graduating, and there at her home following the graduation, we had a wonderful celebration. And all of the aunts and uncles on both sides of the family and grandparents were there, and the cousins, and my sister brought in a caterer to her kitchen to feed this gathering, a feast, and you know that when people get together, the place they like to be is in the kitchen, and it's a rather large room that has another room adjacent to it, so many of us could gather there as we watched the caterer prepare this incredible feast for us, and I was getting more hungry all the time watching this food being prepared and then finally laid out on the buffet on the big island in the kitchen before us, and as is our custom, we all joined hands. We gave thanks to God and celebrated the accomplishment in my niece's life and asked God's blessing upon her as she goes into her new adventure. And we thanked God for the gathering and the friends and the family and the food. And then it became time to eat. And lo and behold, I'm third in line. And I started filling my plate, thinking how wonderful it was that this providential 
place had fallen to me. And it was about three-quarters of the way through the line that I realized, maybe this plate isn't for me. And by the time I picked up my silverware wrapped in a napkin, I went looking. And I found my wife talking to my little sister, two mothers in the other room. And I gave her the plate of food. I think mothers are some of the most selfless people on the face of the earth. Can I get an amen? And kids, this summer, this is not an opportunity for mom to serve you, but maybe this is an opportunity for you to serve your mom a little bit this summer now that school is out of the way. And I don't say this about Jeannie or about mothers to say that they're perfect and they're saints. Maybe what I'm saying in a embarrassing and self-deprecating way is that this is where I am in my realization of how I can live a more selfless life. I can just make a plate and give it to my mate. But I believe that the Christian faith can be that simple when these acts are born out of love. How are the ways that God may present you the opportunity to serve out of your love for Jesus Christ and the love for another that you may not even know in the most simple, random way? It might be something that transforms your life. See, I believe that this selfless formula is really at the heart of the faith. It's what Jesus taught and what He lived. I believe that this selfish formula is really the future of our faith. To live more and more in a selfless manner affects the, the way that the future will unfold for us as individuals. The way that the future will unfold for us as a family of faith at First Presbyterian. To push us beyond ourselves, beyond our walls to become more extravagant and courageous in the manner in which we selflessly give away this love and this grace that has been so abundantly given to us. I believe that this formula of selflessness is the future of our denomination. And this summer, the General Assembly holds for us some very hard and important discussions and decisions and it is my prayer for us as individuals, a church, a denomination, that, that our decisions would be born out not of selfishness. What do I need? What makes me feel good? What feeds my pleasure? But what is selfless in seeking after the will of God given to us by His holy Word and His desire for the manner of our living. I believe that this formula of selflessness is the future of the Christian faith. It is a surrendered will, a selfless love, a greater love. Yes, it will subject us to suffering. Paul has said that. Paul, the one who said, it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. 
Can we say that? Are we growing into that? And Paul knew that living in this manner would subject him to suffering, and he tells us that yes, you will have suffering, but suffering will produce patience, and patience will produce endurance, and endurance will produce character, and character will produce hope, and that hope will not disappoint us because God, by His great love, has poured His Spirit into us. And it is by the Holy Spirit of God that we live a selfless life out of gratitude for what God has done for us in Jesus. Who, though He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped or manipulated. But Jesus, being found in the form of God, emptied Himself took on the form of a slave, a servant, and was obedient to his Father, obedient even unto death and death on a cross, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ alone is the one we worship and serve. And we show our love of Him by the way that we love others. And that is why we do it. Because we realize that in Jesus Christ, God has reached down and rescued us from a deadly predicament in which we find ourselves on the yellow line of life. And by our ignorance and our willfulness, or in a deadly place where we will not survive unless someone rescue us and it is Jesus who has picked us up and placed us on the pathway to life and life full and life eternal. And that is why we live in a selfless way. And so for your best summer, it will be a selfless summer. And I want to encourage you to save this insert in your bulletin. And as we conclude the sermon this morning, I want us to read again in unison these verses. And I want to encourage you to put this insert somewhere where you'll see it every day this summer, on your refrigerator, on your bathroom mirror, in your cubicle at work. So that as you read this, pray this, by the grace of God, we together might live this truth. Let us read God's Word to us together. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Let us post it. Let us read it. Let us pray it. 
let us live it to the glory of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.